show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Hey, how you doing there, man? Oh, good, great. Good to hear your voice. Good to get back with you. Yeah, man. Uh, you, uh, you, you was uh, out the loop for a minute, but that's okay, man. We know that uh, whenever you're out, you will be back. So I was uh, anticipating, looking forward to it. Um, a lot of stuff going on there, man, in Ohio. It's uh, uh, Hard Knocks is in town and Cleveland. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think you got a chance to go up there to practice one day. Am I right, Willie? I did. About two weeks ago, I uh, spent the day in Berea. Uh, it's, not your, it's not the same old Browns. I know, I know you played there. I know you have some uh, great times. And, and I spent some quality time there and some years there. But it's, it's not the same old Browns. No, I would say um, that would be in a good way and a bad way. Uh, the facilities have been improved tremendously. They've got uh, new practice fields, new uh, you know, new locker rooms, new everything, uh, and hopefully they got a new attitude this year too, because that certainly would help them. Um, because they're going to need it, because obviously um, they got a tough schedule ahead of them. Uh, but the anticipations with hard knocks and everything—I mean, for you to have won a game in the last two years, but one game in the last two years. And one of the marquee products that you have league-wide is going to be used to spend time focused on you. There are some people who must believe that we're not going to get the same old Browns that we've been getting the last two years. And I, and I believe that. Like I said, just spending the day up there uh, from John Dorsey, the GM, and we, we've, we've talked about it, the previous regime and what they did, and more importantly, what they did not do um, as far as team building and and getting the proper players in there for Hugh Jackson. I think Hugh Jackson's taken a, a, the brunt of the criticism and, and uh, the complaints, but uh, he was a, a, a doggone good coach. And I think with the 40 new players that they have in camp, uh, and hopefully we'll make this roster, I think you'll begin to see uh, the, the true talent of, of Hugh Jackson as a, as a head football coach in the NFL. Well, you know, it's interesting you, you, you talked about that um you know, jump right in there on on the uh, true talent of, of Hugh Jackson because uh, I'm wondering when will we when will we see that Hugh that the Cleveland Browns invested in? You know, after the first year of not winning a game, there were some people who thought he might be let go after that season. But obviously, the Browns felt that they knew going in that it, it you know, it wasn't going to be, it was going to be a process, just like they got there in Philadelphia. It was going to be a process, and it was going to take some time. And I think they're willing to invest and let him work through this process. But I, I think, like anything, this is year three now, and and we expect to see a tremendous amount of change. And uh, and I, I'm hoping that indeed that. Uh, what they expected they would get out of you that it, it surfaces and shows it's what it, you know on the screen this year and on the field and, and we'll see a different uh, result in the cleveland browns certainly in their wins and losses and if i'm not mistaken did the uh did the uh no i don't think it was the browns but uh there was a team of course that they were they were concerned about because they went undefeated last year in the preseason and and that was something that uh you know, obviously didn't work out that way as the season went on. But I don't think the Browns uh, – did the Browns win a game last preseason? They were 4-0. 4 no. Okay, so perhaps maybe it was the Browns. So maybe I just got my my notes here mixed up. And uh, so, uh, you know, they were 4-0, and, boy, was that misleading. 
But uh, so so let, let, let's jump right in it, man, because, you know, I'm hearing some things about the quarterback position and I'm just, you know, do you think they have a controversy there, a quarterback controversy there, Willie? I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you, do you he has said what he said, but yet and still, you know, the more you see the two quarterbacks, you know, on, on TV or, or there in person and you see how they compete with one another, is, is there a controversy going on as to who may eventually end up being the quarterback throughout the season or, or day one? Is there any type of controversy in your mind for what you witnessed? Absolutely not. No whatsoever. It's, it's Terod Taylor. I mean, they, they've made that abundantly clear from uh, the day they traded for him. Tyrod's the starter. Baker Mayfield, now, I will say this. To that point, Baker Mayfield looked phenomenal. The, the day I spent in Berea, I saw some things from him. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, you – you know Ray, and everyone knows that that listens to uh, Ray of the Sports. Me being in Columbus, uh, the Buckeyes are paramount in to see what he did as the Oklahoma quarterback last year here in Columbus. Uh, left a bad taste in, in a lot of people's mouths here in Columbus. But to see him in Cleveland and to watch him in camp and watch the things that he did and then conversely uh, allow that, that translation to uh, take place on the field, I can see why people are questioning Hey, let's get Baker out there. But you got to remember that this team is one in thirty-one over the last two years. You have to build a culture of winning. Tyrod Taylor is a playoff quarterback. He's proven. He's done this before. He may not be flashy. He may not be flamboyant. He's not going to 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 grab the headline. But he's going to go out there and produce and win games. And and that's what this team is looking for right now. Well, you know, another thing, I'm glad you said that because certainly I think that um, we, we will need patience with whoever our quarterback is. Uh, but certainly patience in, in the National Football League is something that I, I certainly believe that Tyrod has because of his experience of, of playing in the National Football League and being behind and understanding that, you know, the game is played in 60 minutes and that, you know, things happen in phases. And, you know, sometimes like in basketball, a team may get a run, you know, in football as well. And but you just have to be patient and 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 be a pro and understand that, you know, one play is not going to make or break a game. You know, you, you want to make sure that you eliminate the mistakes. Uh, but, you know, sometimes in, in the NFL, the young players get in. And I, I can tell you, there, there ain't no doubt in my, in my mind. I know what I've experienced in myself. You hear people always talk about, you know, the, the speed of the game. The game is faster only because, again, you're playing with the best of the best. When you, Whenever you're playing in college, I don't care who you're playing against, you know, all those players on the team are not necessarily the best of the best. You know, they might be the best of the best on that team, but, you know, when you get in the National Football League, you truly are playing, you know, those guards, tackles, centers, ends, linebackers, tight ends, running backs, wide receiver, quarterbacks are the best that there is that you can find. And and that, that, that changes because sometimes, you know, you know how it is when, at Ohio State, the first couple of games, you might play Akron in the first game. You know, dis- well, n- n- I don't mean disrespect them, but Akron's program is just not the same as, you know, the others in the Big Ten. That, that Ohio State customer is against playing against. So uh, what happens, you know, you play in Michigan every week. You play in USC every week. You play in Alabama every week. You know, there are people right. there are people out there making comments about if Alabama, you know, could beat certain teams, they could beat the Browns. No, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. But I guess in defense of Baker, you know, it's good to see that 
what you always want to do, this this is how I've always done things in the past, is you want to gauge, you know, your level of confidence and your abilities based upon knowing the t- competitions you've played against. And, and you look through the roster and you see those players on those rosters and it gives you a level of confidence. Hey, man, you know, what, were we playing against Ohio State? Uh, you know, I play, when I was at Oklahoma, we played, we beat them. I'm not worried about the dude over there from Ohio State. You know, and and you kind of go through that kind of stuff. And then you and then you play against them in practice and you have some success in practice. And then you're comp- you start building your confidence. It's like, hey, well, that corner over there, where's he from? Oh, OK. Yeah, we played against him. Oh, I, I know I can beat him. I can do this. And I think I think Baker is gaining some confidence. But I certainly Tyrod has already done it. He's been doing it in the National Football League. He knows he can do it. He's he's ready for the job. You know, Baker, they still, you know, there's a difference in preseason than the regular season, too. Because now, you know, in preseason, you know, they talk about these fights that they have in these camps. Willie, a lot of times, the reason why fights happen in camp and they, and they don't happen, you don't fight your own teammates because you know your own teammate, when he come off the ball, you know he's not trying to hurt you. When you're playing against somebody else, he come off the ball, you might think y'all going to have speed, he come off full speed, you might think he's trying to hurt you. Right. So things things are going to change once we get to you know the big boy ball and it's a regular season. But but it's, so you're saying that there's no chance that day one Baker's opening up that first game for the Browns. No chance. Negative four thousand and eight. <laughs> <laughs> I like that man. But I you know I'm I'm glad you said that because it appears to me um, that I'm I'm sure you and and some of the other guys got a chance to. Uh, to hear, you know, Hugh talk about, you know, how committed he was to his his plan, and and you got to stick to the plan. Now you can't bring a kid in. First of all, you can't bring Tyrod in and tell him he's gonna be your starter, and then you draft somebody else, and then all of a sudden you, you know, Tyrod's not your starter. You right. know, all of a sudden they can't trust you. You know, that's one thing about everybody's got to trust everybody. Everybody's got to want to work for each other. Everybody's got to be on the same page, and. uh you know, I, I'd be I'd be curious to see if that were to happen, how things would work. I, I think he would lose he would lose the locker room if that happened. You know, everybody's happy for Baker, but everybody knows that you know, hey man, don't throw Baker in yet. There, there's one quarterback out there they say now might be a Hall of Famer, or there's two of them out there in the league right now that they say might be Hall of Famers, probably will be Hall of Famers. They didn't start day one, not that they were picked as high as he was. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, nope. Did not start day one. In fact, took them both a couple years, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So, um, so that's good. So, um, so let so let me ask him. So, seeing that he's gonna need some help, that'd be Tyrod, or that would be Baker. Uh, obviously, Baker a little bit later than than Tyrod. Uh, there's a big fella out there who just uh, who's now back with the Browns after being out for a little bit of time, and that's that's Josh Gordon. Um, what are you hearing about Josh in terms of uh, his ability to 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 actually contribute to the team? Yeah, uh, just earlier today, they the Browns announced that he won't play in a Thursday's preseason game against uh, the Eagles, which is to be expected. He just got the champ on on Saturday, hasn't practiced yet, but he's scheduled to practice uh, on Saturday for the first time. And uh, the reports are they want to get him into that fourth preseason game, get him some reps, and if all things uh, remain positive and, and he continues to stay on the on stay on the right path, uh, he's going to be ready for week one. All right, we're going to get back to Josh a little bit. But we got to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. 
Willie Gibson with me, and we'll be back after these breaks. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5pm Eastern Time and 2pm Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're just a rail of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, Willie and I were talking a little bit here off the air. We're, we're talking about uh, Josh Gordon and and uh, the fact that Josh is going to be back with the Browns. He is back with the Browns, but uh, what kind of contributions uh, and expectations should we have in terms of how he can help this team? And hopefully he's he's done some things that have helped him and he's his frame of mind to get him ready to, uh, to start this uh, training camp. I'm a little concerned. Well, he's been out and uh, he's been in a facility, but, you know, even in a facility and, and you have some – rehabilitation to do issues to deal with understanding he's an athlete and he's got to go into training camp when he leaves he has to be in a certain type of physical shape to be prepared for an NFL season have you heard anything about them allowing him to do anything to get himself in condition and shape for training camp yeah uh there's been uh footage you know he's he said Instagram and, uh, you know, in the, in the millennial world we live in, everything is Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook. So they've uh, kept in touch with him. Uh, he's kept in touch with uh, Hugh Jackson uh, through text and through phone. And uh, he's been working out. He was, he was in uh, Gainesville, Florida is where the uh, treatment 
uh, facility he was in. So he was working out at the University of Florida, uh, staying in physical condition. And uh, so since he's been back on Saturday in Berea, he's been continuing that physical conditioning, working out, lifting, attending meetings, uh, just not practicing. So he'll he'll practice for the first time on uh on Saturday. Oh, well, that, that's good because, uh, after all, Josh is a skill position player, a receiver, you know, that constantly all you're doing is running all the time. So he, he does need to be in some type of physical shape. Uh, you know, we were concerned about his, his, his mental well-being. And obviously, if they've released him and allow him to go back to work, they feel as if he is he's in pretty good shape. Now, I, I'm a little concerned about some other things. And if they're for the public or if they're not, uh, if they're not for the public, then we don't have to discuss them. But if they are for the public and something that you uh, that you feel is from a credible credible source, we we can mention that uh, as it relates to uh, what perhaps maybe triggered him into um, a position where he had to go to a facility. You, you have some information there with you, Will? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, apparently, there's been a situation where. He uh, he's been dealing with a, a situation with his uh, daughter's mother. Okay. And uh, there was a situation with uh, payments that he had to make, and it, had he not made those payments, uh, there was jail time attached to to this failure to pay. And so that literally happened three days before camp. So that kind of explains why it seemed like all you no know, abruptly we got this statement from Josh Gordon saying, "Hey, I'm not coming to camp." Everybody speculated on, well, he doesn't want to go go through hard knocks. He doesn't want to go through all that. Well, now that we know in hindsight, it was the situation, uh, this legal situation that uh, caused him. And, and again, I, I applaud him because he knows himself. He knows, A, this is my last shot. B, I can't deal with these issues the way I've dealt with them in the past, whether it be uh, alcohol or marijuana or whatever he did to to self-medicate and to, to cope with those situations. He recognized he needed to do something different, so he went to rehab. So I, I think the young man needs to be uh, commended for a mature decision uh, that he made. Well, uh, I think certainly uh, I recall that some of the issues you told me was a financial issue. And and I just from my experience and from players who I know who, who play ball today, again, there's a contract situation and there's there's money that's involved uh again you go to a team and, if a, and if, again this is a trust situation now you know it's, it's just like uh young man callaway uh of which um on hard knocks you know we saw where, where he was okay you know I'm, I'm gonna trust you that you're gonna do the right thing so there's a level of trust here you know they bought into him they they he they believe in him he believes in them so if there was a financial situation, if the Browns had really bought into it, whatever that was, they could address that. They, they can always be creative. You know, the owner owns the team, the player, you know, he represents himself and his agent. And, and I think that was a situation where perhaps maybe that maybe him and his agent could have had a conversation with the Browns to perhaps maybe address that issue and maybe he not have had to even go into this situation that he that he ended up you know playing out i think it just could have been handled differently and so well, I, i'm hoping go right here go right here well, well here's the thing here's, here's the thing as far as the contract we were talking about it off the air um because he was suspended yes he you you mentioned reporting bonuses and guaranteed funds and things of that nature and he had that 
But because he been, he's been suspended with the new collective bargaining agreement, anytime you're suspended, you lose all guaranteed money. So once he, he's been suspended one, two, three, four times in his NFL career. So the very first time he was suspended, he forfeited all guaranteed money. Yeah, but I'm not even I'm not even talking about guaranteed money. I'm talking about future earnings. And, right. and, and, you know, the fact that, OK, you're going to be on this team and you're going to be making X amount of dollars. And, you know, we can, you know, advance you some of that money to take care of a situation like this, whereas right. maybe, you know, normally or traditionally, you know, they wouldn't do that. So, again, I, I just don't know, you know, if they really thought about that or if they just made a decision, you know, let's go do this and handle it this way and not even go to the team because you may want to go to the team. At another time for something else different, you know, but uh, but be it as it may, it, it turns out that, um, again, it, it was something he was dealing with that mentally he wanted to be in the right frame of mind, too. And he felt that maybe he needed to go and, and spend some time away from the team that he would get himself to work together mentally other than just that spur of the moment incident. Exactly. Exactly. You know, like I said, he, he he's he's well documented. He, he's been very, very open about um, his addictions, the things that trigger them, the things that uh, he saw growing up in, in Houston, Texas, uh, that he thought was normal. And those things followed him uh, throughout his life in college. And he, you got to remember, he failed several drug tests in college. He was kicked out of two colleges for a fail, failure of drug tests. So and then it, it followed him on to uh, the NFL. So, you know, again, just the fact that he recognized I need help. I can't continue to do, you know, I, I think that, you know, I don't think enough, not just with you or just uh, across the board is being uh, enough credit is given to him for recognizing that he needed to do something different. And it seems, it seems right now that uh, it works and he's on the right path. Well, um, yeah, God bless him and, and good luck to him. Now, now let's, let's talk about this. We've got, we've got, Josh, who's dealing with his issues. We got another young man on the roster, Antonio Callaway, who, who he's, I guess he's got some issues. Yeah. Uh, perhaps maybe um, he must have passed his physical and his piss test must have been clean. Nothing was in his urine because if it was, then they would have suspended him. But I guess there was something in his car or something and he got, and the police stopped him. He didn't give, he didn't give uh, Coach Jackson all the information. But I, I want to say this, from what I just saw on Hard Knocks, it, it lets me know that they were pretty much in tune with this young man, even though he's only been around them for a certain period of time, but they've already were able to read him because there were too many times when I watched Hard Knocks that, that the coaches kept asking him what was, up, what was wrong with him. It, yeah. it, it seemed as if they could read into some of the fact. He, wasn't, he, he kept saying nothing, but he, he was carrying a, a heavy burden with him that he had not revealed to the team. So now you got him, and then you got you got Dez out there who may or may not be a Cleveland Brown, but I'm telling you, I see talent in those three young men, but they all got, they got issues. So do, do you think that the risk is, 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 is the reward is going to be worth the risk that if they bring Dez in? Because I, I personally, on talent, on what happens on the football field, I think Dez is worth taking a chance. And I think I think those three receivers, I, I, man, I, I mean, I, I like those three on the field at the same time. 
Yeah, and, and here's the thing. You mentioned those three. We haven't even talked about Jarvis Landry. I mean, Jarvis Landry. Exactly, is, right. Yeah, that's the one. That's that's their one. That's their guy that they pretty much hitched the wagon to and uh, want him to uh, take the lead. He actually mentioned the hard knocks. If you remember uh, uh, Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator, walked up to Landry and said, listen, I don't care what you got to do. This kid got to live with you, right. move him in, right. make sure he stay on him. Right. Talking about Callaway. Right. So, uh, but it's funny you mentioned Callaway. That, that actually broke the day I was in Berea at camp was the day that that uh, story broke about him uh, being stopped. And, and, yeah, he had a, a checkered past at, uh, at the University of Florida, um, got caught up in a, a sexual assault case that charges were dropped. He was... Uh, Suspended his entire uh, last year at Florida for uh, credit card fraud. Uh, him and some uh, players uh, got hold of a stolen credit card and uh, went to the bookstore and purchased computers, things of that nature, and, and was caught and uh, lost his uh, last year of eligibility for that. Tested positive at the NFL Combine. Mm-hmm. Failed a drug test, which is the absolute, to me, dumbest thing you can do you know you're gonna it's a job interview you know you're gonna get tested how do you test positive at the combine but he did and conversely last year Jabril Peppers uh current Brown as well tested positive at the combine so all those things being said John Dorsey recognized the fact that you know this kid is a first round talent and they got him in the fourth round so you know from a football standpoint they, they drafted a first round talent in the fourth round so you got a little more leeway that you can give him because I didn't give him a big-time signing bonus. I didn't give him guaranteed money. But I recognize this kid can play. And he's shown it the very the few times he's been on the field. He's shown why they took a shot on him and why they continue to stick with him. Yeah, I, I, I just want to make sure that you feel that, that these are three players that we can count on. You know, uh, will they show up to work every day? Will they perform to the best of their ability every day? Are they going to be good locker room guys, good teammates? Um, I mean, if, if those guys perform at the ability that they have and at the quarterback position, we get we get what we've seen in the preseason. If we, if we just get the quarterback play out of the Browns that we've seen in the preseason – I think that could, you know, we could certainly win a few more games, a lot more games than we won last year. Yeah, I, I think the key is, tra- is uh, Jarvis Landry. I mean, again, we keep going back to hard knocks. If you saw week one, the 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 speech that he gave in the, in the uh, wide receiver room, but you got to practice. You got to practice. You can't sit out. This stuff is contagious. You got to practice. You can't just sit there. You don't get better sitting on the sideline. The key to that is if you watch when he ended the speech, they showed the close-up. That close-up was Antonio Callaway. And he's sitting there looking at him like, wow, okay, this thing is real. I get it. I get it. So I think the key is Jarvis Landry. You got good locker room guys, you know, and and, and you you well know that, that, that wide receivers are considered divas at, uh, of the team. But you got a good, strong uh, veteran leader such as uh, Landry in that room. I think he can go a long way in, in keeping uh, keeping that keeping that group in check. Well, I, I tell you, the, the way to do it is to show it on the field yourself. That that that's how you do it. Yes. You know, that, that's the bottom line. You can do all that talking you want to, man. You know, especially these young guys today, man. They don't want to hear that. 
you know, and, and I saw a couple of them in the locker rooms, like, I mean, in the meeting rooms, like, you know, they wasn't even really, you know, tuned in, but they heard it, obviously, but they, he got to go out there and do it, man. They got to do it on the field. That's where it's got, everything's got to happen on the field. That That's the only thing that counts is what hap- what you do on the field. Right. Uh, you know, everything else you can do to prepare for you prepare you for when you get on the field, but you got to happen. You got to make it happen on the field, and that, and that's what we got to do. We we got to look at players that's got to step up and make some plays. So and, and looking at that, um, I think well, yeah, we still got a few more minutes before we uh, have to take a break. Well, no, I tell you what, let's take this break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about on the other side of the ball because there's a big fellow on the other side of the ball that uh, the Browns put a heavy investment into and looking for him to do something. So we'll take a break and we'll be back. You're listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports Right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And my, my man Willie Gibson on with me. And, of course, we spend a lot of time, like we're going to be doing this year, spend a lot of time talking about the Cleveland Browns, the Ohio State Buckeyes, and there's a school there in Canton, Ohio, in the Hall of Fame city called the Camp McKinley Bulldogs. One city, one team now. I'm going to spend some time talking about them throughout the year, too. So, But right now, uh, we're going to get back to the Browns because I, I'm, I'm worried about my side of the ball. You know, they always say defense wins championships. And so uh, I know there was a time when I was in Cleveland and we had a big personality on the defensive side of the ball. They're thinking about getting a big personality on the offensive side of the ball, which would be Dez. And uh, I'm just curious now, the defensive side of the ball, what do you see over there, Willie? I see a lot. I see, um, and it's funny because we t- Miles Garrett, number one overall pick last year, um, 
injured somewhat uh, throughout his rookie year. Still ended up with seven sacks. He's healthy. He's coming on strong. But they got players over there with Super Bowl experience. They got a linebacker right now. They got right before camp, uh, Michael Kendricks. Started in the Super Bowl uh, for your Philadelphia Eagles. And, and Ray, I'm telling you, he may have problems getting on the field for the Cleveland Browns. And that seems ludicrous. Like, wait a minute, this cat just started in the Super Bowl, what, six months ago. And now this team is, is 0-16. And he might not play. And he might not play. Because of the, the depth and the talent in the, uh, on the linebacker side is, is that real in Cleveland. So, and then I haven't talked about, you know, we talked about Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick, the number four overall pick as well. And they took Ohio State cornerback Denzel Ward, who's uh, taking names in camp and in the preseason. So, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, they they're gonna do some things on the on the defensive side. Well, uh, Denzel is uh, is really an interesting pick because you know going into the draft, you know there was some talk about the fact that uh, that you know that we may take the running back from Penn State at number one and then come back and take Baker or whoever else at number four. And lo and behold, number four ended up being Denzel, of which, you know, that wasn't in the conversation, at least for the majority of fans out there. I didn't I didn't hear that from fans, uh, but certainly happy that uh, that he's taking residence back there and, and taking ownership of that secondary, you know, because, I, you know, it had nothing to do with me. I'm, I'm going to give it all to Hanford Dixon. And just say that, you know, from the time the Hanford came in, it put the spotlight on the Cleveland Browns secondary with him and the dog pound and, and everything else that we had back in the day. But his play spoke just as loud as his bark. And uh, and so did Frank Minifield, you know. And so and then myself and a couple other people back there that were trying to play safety, uh, you know, wanted to contribute. So, uh there's a lot of responsibility that goes along with you know being a corner for the Cleveland Browns. The expectations. We we just there was a kid that uh, that was there in Pittsburgh now that uh, you know we expected that might live up to the hype, but didn't work out that way. So um, I, I'm I'm expecting you know big things out of Denzel, you know, because he's a Buckeye, but also because he plays corner for the Cleveland Browns. And uh, would you would you agree with that? I mean, it, it, when you play Cleveland, when you play corner for the Cleveland Browns, hey man, there's you know there's a legacy that's there. No, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, top dog, Hanford Dixon. I mean that. I mean that goes without saying. Joe Hayden. I'm gonna to throw Frank Minifield in there too. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then um, so you definitely have a, a legacy to to uphold in that defensive secondary. So, uh, but I, I think. You know, from all accounts and and what's and what we've seen thus far, uh, can they bring back memories? Can, can, so you're gonna tell me when when I look at Denzel, I'm, I'm gonna think about Hanford and Frank. I can't tell you that. I can't <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, my, hypo- my hypocrisy only goes so far, but uh, I mean, I, I think it's he's gonna hold his own. Okay. I'll say that. Well, that that that's good because uh, Big Ben is still over there throwing the ball. You're gonna see Big Ben twice. Yeah. And uh, week one. Uh, yeah, week, week one. You know that, that, that's the thing about right out the shoot. But you know, so what? Bring them on. Bring them on. That's one thing about. That's what we, I was saying earlier. This is the NFL. You play the best of the best every week, every week, and you got to be ready. Yep. If, if you're not, if you're not ready, we're gonna find out. 
That's what Tiffany Haddock say. You ready? You better be ready. Uh, right. <laughs> okay. So uh, okay. So that's uh, we we are, I think we already talked a little bit about Hugh and uh, and the job he's doing as the head coach. So what are you gonna give so far this preseason going into year three? Is 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 this playoffs or bust for him or what do you how, how are you calling it? No, no, I can't say playoffs or bust. I mean, I can say, I mean, he went always sixteen, but even in that, I mean, just to go back a little bit to zero sixteen. I mean, they lost four games by a field goal. They lost two in overtime. So it wasn't like, you know, they were just getting blown out. We ain't out playing, hor- we ain't playing horseshoes. Well, we know, can't go with I that. We can't I knew go. you were going with that. That's why, that's why I waited till now to say. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But I understand me. But, again, that's with less than substandard talent. So now he has talent at all positions. So I, I don't know if it will be playoffs or bust, but I think – they have a, a, a great shot to be respectable. I think they have a great shot of finishing, and then I'll say it, third in the AFC North. Uh, seven, eight wins. I think coming from where they came from a year ago, I think seven, eight wins is is phenomenal. And I don't know if that's enough. Eight and eight is enough to sneak into the wild card. Probably not. But I think that's called a successful season. Well, let me just say this. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, there was a team that did it, and, and it was almost like a dynasty for the time. It was certainly recognized as they were dominating the league. And I think they went maybe 1-16 or maybe, you know, 2-14 um, and 14, or maybe 3-13. and 13. Mm-hmm. There was a team down there in Texas that did that at one time, and then they just went on a run. Ah, wow. And so I, I'm looking to see that maybe that could happen in Cleveland. It, it, it's not like it's impossible, like it's never happened before. Right. But if I'm not mistaken, and uh, there's a few Hall of Famers on that team. Just a few. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so, so, I, so I don't think we're asking for something that is the impossible. I think we're asking for something that, that you know, if, if, it's, if all the stars line up the right way, and I mean st- football stars on the field, and, and they play the game the way they should play, and they commit themselves to preparation and go out on the field and play. Man, listen, I, I think I really do think it could happen. And that may be crazy, but I, I think they could win. I mean, when you look at the division, how do you think they line up in the division, Willie? What do you expect from them in the division? Where do they come in at the division? I like I said, I think you know Pittsburgh is is a cut above everyone else. Um, and after that, I, I throw the Browns in the mix. They can go. Anywhere, I, I just said third, but I wouldn't be surprised. They maybe they can possibly finish second in this division because we don't know what Baltimore is going to be. I mean, we saw them last night. I mean, Joe Flacco, I mean, he's not been the same since the Super Bowl when he got paid. Right. Um, Andy Dalton and Cincinnati, I mean, I know. I mean, Marvin Lewis has been there 16 years and, and hasn't yet done anything in the postseason. So, you know, his window could be closing. And then... We have the Cleveland Browns with, you know, like I said, 40 new players. I think I don't think enough is being said about the fact that they John Dorsey came in and cleaned house. The previous the previous regime brought in players who just flat out couldn't play in this league. So he cleans house, 40 new players. Tyrod Taylor at the quarterback position is, is key. And then I, I think with that leadership, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished second in the division. Well, I'll tell you what, LeBron is out of town now, so the show is the Browns. That's it. It's their show. You know, everybody's excited about the, the Browns now. LeBron's gone. Uh, is The Browns now have the town back. They, they've got Northeast Ohio back. 
you, you, you can't, I mean, you can't, I mean, really going into this, who would have expected that after going, you know, what, one and th one and, and 30, 33 or something like that? One and uh, 31, one and 31, that that the league wouldn't step in and say, no, that is not the product we're going to put on hard knocks. This is, this is a, a premier product that we have to bring exposure to our league, you know, to give people a look at behind the scenes and, we're not going to put a team on it. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. I, I, you know, I, that's one of the few things that I think, because the league can change some things. I was just so surprised that they went with the Cleveland Browns for hard knocks. I was happy, but at the same time, I was, I was surprised. But there is a story, and it's exciting. It's, it's, it's entertainment. It's television. And um, I think it's going to give us a... a, a Increase in fan base and certainly viewership will be that first game against the Steelers. I think viewership will be up. It certainly will be sold out. Uh, is that game at home or away, Willie? Home. Okay. All right. It's home. Okay. So, um, all right. So that, I, I tell you what. There's a couple other things I want to talk. Then we're going to move on uh, from the Browns. And uh, one thing so far this preseason, what what have, what has impressed you about the Browns? Either the team, the coaches, uh, a player, anything. That has impressed you about the Browns so far this preseason? I think it's everything, uh, uh, Ray. I mean, like we talked about it. I mean, we, and we've talked about it last season ad nauseum. The, the previous regime, you know, no need to, to continue to, to, to belabor a, 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 a negative point, but they just didn't know what they were doing flat out. Mm -hmm. And so now you have a football team led by um, – uh, John Dorsey in the front office that knows what he's doing, that's built winners in the past. And so now I think it just flows down. I think his leadership, recognizing talent, bringing in talent, allowing Hugh to focus on, and I think bringing in a, an offensive coordinator as well, uh, Todd Haley from uh, Pittsburgh, allows Hugh to focus more on the, on, on the team. And I think that the fact that they have football people in position making decisions is it goes a long way. Okay. All right, we're going to take a break, and uh, we're going to come back. I'm going to say a little bit about Todd Haley on the other side of the break, but we'll take this break, and then we'll come back for the last segment. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Right, you hear the music another show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, I haven't even told you what matters to me, but what does matter to me is that the Cleveland Browns are on hard knocks. The Cleveland Browns are a conversation uh, being had at the water coolers across the country. People are talking about the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns matter. And what matters to me is I, I like many of you, tuned in to this hard knocks. And it was just a tense moment for me as a former athlete because, you know, we former athletes and coaches, when we watch things, we look at different things. There's different signals. There's different there's nonverbal communication is going on. And, and there's elements of which, you know, people are, are making comments and gestures and responding to things in such a way that somebody else might miss it. But I did not miss. And I'm glad to know that my man Willie didn't miss it either. When Hugh took the time out to re- tell one of his coaches to to quote something that he wanted to let everybody know in the room that he was the man in charge and is his team and he does it his way. And Willie, you picked up on that, too. Am I right? I think he he said it in reference to something that Todd Haley either made a remark about or had a suggestion about or wanted to do something that I felt that. The message was sent directly to Todd Haley. Am I am I right? Did you feel that? He did. Uh, but the the topic of the conversation was days off, veteran days off, and uh, Todd Haley basically voiced his displeasure with it. Like, oh, oh the, the, the guy, yeah, the guys were getting too much time off. Yep. Right. Yep. And now, now the thing about it, now, now Todd said that, but at the same time, Willie, you said something a little earlier about when uh, when uh, Jarvis Landry said you got to practice. Yep. But yep. then, but then Todd, you know, and then, and but he was saying about resting the guys because when you don't rest them, then you know. And this is that Dick Vermeil went into retirement because Dick Vermeil felt like years ago when he had a team that he would run us, he was at times he'd be running his team into the ground, and they felt that Super Bowl that he 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 played the Super Bowl before the game, and the Raiders just beat his team up because he had beat his team into the ground. And there's some coaches that take that approach to, hey, you want your guys to be fresh on game day, and there's other guys, and, and, and God rest the kids, so we know what just happened at the University of Maryland, yep. where, again, you want to, you know, beat a kid into the ground, you know, and, but you, you don't play the game in practice. You know, you play the game on game day, and so as you, I'm going to let you explain that a little bit better because you have more of the details of it, as you remember, probably a little bit better than I do, but... As you said, Todd had his opinion and he was voicing his opinion about the fact that he thought players should be practicing more. And he was trying to give the veterans some time off. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Uh, you know, basically, said, you know, we got guys around here that haven't done anything yet and we're giving them time off. And Hughes point was, listen, we've been here three years and I know about soft tissue, soft tissue injury. You know, we don't have guys pulling hamstrings and tearing quads and things of that nature here because we we give them this time off so that essentially was uh was the 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 genesis of the conversation and but he but he wanted to emphasize as well to let todd know oh this is my i run this (laughs) 
Yeah. And, and, he, and he let another coach tell Todd on his behalf. Exactly. Because it, it was a quote that was by somebody. I, I'd, I'd be interested to know whose quote that was. But he simply said uh, it was something that referenced, it's my team, I get to do it my way. Yes. And what's interesting about that is we all may or may not know that Todd Haley has been an NFL head coach. And yep, so he probably, he, he probably feels that he knows how to run a team and maybe trying to tell Hugh how to run his team. And he was like, you don't get a chance to do that. You know, it's right. my team, my way. And, uh, and, so I, and so it kind of reminded me of back in my day, you know, there was, and I, I didn't witness it, but I heard about it, you know, and I, I, I did witness that when the Bears won the Super Bowl, that traditionally you carry the head coach off the field and, 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 and the defensive guys put Buddy up on their shoulders and they carried him off the field and some of the offense guys grabbed Mike Dicka and carried him off the field. And there used to be some, you know, heated moments between Mike Dicka and Buddy Ryan. In practice, supposedly, I was never at those practices, never played for the Chicago Bears. But I do remember back in the day, in my days, you know, Ron Jaworski. Uh, in fact, I, I was told by my coach at one point in time that, you know, he told me I could knock the shit out of whoever I wanted to. But he didn't tell me Ron Jaworski. He said, but don't touch Wilbert Montgomery, who was our running back, <laughs> you know, he didn't say anything right. about, but 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 he wasn't sending me on any blitzes anyway, so he didn't really have to worry about that. But yeah, they do wear the jerseys for a certain reason, you know, and and a lot of times with quarterbacks, and well, I'm sure you're aware, there's a lot of other people aware, but you know, the quarterbacks that follow through motion sometimes could be very dangerous too, because if you run past them, you know, you get too close to them, their hand comes down on your head. You know, the next thing you know, they got a broken finger, you know, all those little things about, you know, but there are players that feel like, okay, man, I'm just as, I feel like I'm just certainly to yourself, you feel like you're just as valuable as the quarterback and anybody else, you know? (laughs) So it's like, okay, why are we protecting him so much? Like, you know, we got a backup quarterback and the backup quarterback is expected to perform just like the starter when he gets a chance, you know, and that, that happens sometimes, but but we're going to move on because I, I wanted to spend a couple minutes. You weren't with me last week, Willie, but but uh, certainly Kirk Dixon and myself spent a lot of time on this. We may have spent the whole show on this, but it's still something that's in the news and needs to be talked about. Ohio sports is happening again right there in Columbus. Now, I understand that there's going to be some type of decision, final decision made on um, Urban's status. Is that what that be tomorrow? Well, the uh, investigation ended Sunday, and the report has been turned over to the Board of Trustees, who the Board of Trustees will meet 9 a.m. Wednesday morning to discuss uh, the investigation. And reports are, once they uh, complete their meeting, they will turn everything over to President uh, Michael Drake, who will then uh, make his decision. Wow. And and so are people there on on the edge? Are are you feeling as if the majority? I mean, what 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 what's the you know? How's everybody feeling there, man? Is everybody feeling like okay, we good? Urban's gonna be all right? Or are they feeling like you know, man, we somebody else may be coaching? We're feeling like it's eleven days before Oregon State comes to town, and no one honestly, honestly, and this is it. it it can kind of almost be a slippery slope, but early on in the investigation, probably three weeks ago, there was concern, like, man, Urban might not be around. He won't be around next year. But now it's just kind of like a foregone conclusion. 
let's get our guy back. Well, we're not let's talking. Ne- we're, we're not talking next year. We're talking next week. Right. Right. But <laughs> now, yeah, early on, that was the, that was the 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 thought. You know, around town, it was like, man, you know, could this really be it? Could they really get him out of here on this? But the more you know, the more things have come out, um, and the more you hear certain things, and you know, the the original investigation was what did Urban know, and when did he know it? And now this here in town, this thing is spun. I mean, totally one hundred and eighty degrees the opposite way, and now it's going on to packages Zach Smith got shipped to the office by Amazon. And it's like, Urban's not supposed to know what this man's getting shipped to his office. I mean, come on. If, if he tells him, hey, I got a surprise for my wife. This is our anniversary. Or I brought something for the kids and I had to ship to the office. Who's going to question that? But, you know, the ex-wife turned over this information to this reporter. And now it's coming out what actually was being shipped to the office, to the Woody Hayes athletic facility and it's just it's not even about urban anymore here in columbus it's about all the ancillary stuff going around and and it's sad because it's it's a broken marriage involved and there's kids involved you know so all of this stuff i think it's it's being um the the main point is getting lost in all of this minutia surrounding uh this this uh this couple this former couple Okay. Well, you. I'm just going to say this because we got to close. Uh, but you mentioned two very important names to the program. You mentioned Woody Hayes and Earl Bruce, and and this is a a bad, a tarnish, a blemish on the university because those these are character men who would object to what's going on. You know, they they yeah. wouldn't want this kind of stuff going on. So we're gonna hope and pray that it all works out well for the lady, yep. for the children, and that. You know, that the man, you know, he's able to get himself together and survive. And certainly, uh, you know, we hope everything works out for the program. But it's that time, so we got to go. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.